Today's gospel reading is from Mark chapter 6. Jesus came to his hometown and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all this? What is this wisdom that he has given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James, and Joses, and Judas, and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there, except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went about among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, whenever you enter, wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you, you will leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of our Lord. You may be seated. Thank you, Vicki. Grace and peace this morning. There have been probably only six or eight sermons that I've preached that I myself have felt really happy about. Now, normally, the work I feel that I've done is adequate, and that's not bad. Everything we do in life is incomplete, and so why should sermons be any different? And anyway, a sermon isn't good because I feel good about it. It's good because it proclaims the living God of grace. But every so often, I feel like I've somehow managed to meet the impossibly high standards I keep on setting for myself. One such sermon was on Christmas Eve in 2014 in Santa Monica, California, where I was an intern. I sat down after preaching and thought, okay, that felt good. And initial reviews were extremely positive, too. But a couple weeks later, a congregant cornered me after church and in a hushed whisper told me that some people were upset at my sermon. It had mentioned suffering in the world and Christmas should really be happy, don't you think? And not that I was asking, but it was a tad too long. And had I considered there would be children in the service? And anyway, the real pastor probably should have preached on that holiday evening instead of the intern. 
I put on my best pastoral listening face and let this congregant speak their piece. And as I walked away from the conversation, I thought, gosh, why do my palms hurt? And I looked down at my hands, and they were both balled up so tightly that my nails had pressed painful marks into my skin. The real hurt, of course, was in my heart. And because my soul was hurt, I had physically closed myself off by making fists. Jesus gives an upsetting sermon today, too. The Bible doesn't tell us what he said, but it does map the reactions of those who heard him. And after an initial period of praise, these people, folks from his hometown that he's known for his whole life, take offense at him. But Jesus doesn't walk away from this hurtful situation with closed-up fists. Did you notice what his hands do? Jesus' hands stay open, and even though no one really comes to see him, he reaches out to bless and lay hands on the few sick people who venture toward him in his hometown. How is it that Jesus can endure shame, hurt, and rejection and keep his hands open? And how is it that when we endure shame, hurt, and rejection, we emerge with closed fists? It's almost like Jesus is the Son of God or something. True, but Jesus is also fully human. And that means he doesn't get a pass from the weight of human suffering. He feels it deep in his bones, just like we do. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Jesus weeps when people die. He withdraws from crowds because he feels overwhelmed. He gets viscerally upset at injustice. And he feels annoyed and frustrated by his disciples on a very regular basis. Jesus is as affected by the hard stuff as much as we are. But his hands stay open. I think our hands close. I think the fists we make are our attempt to grab onto something solid in the shakiness that comes with bearing pain. When we find we're living in a reality that we had hoped we would not be living in, the first thing we want to do is deny it, hide our hurt, make it so that it just isn't so will it away. I used to work in a group home for adults with developmental disabilities, and in my training, a mother of one of the people we supported came and talked to us. She told us that when she learned her child that she was carrying would be born with a severe disability, she said the news was so astounding to her and upsetting to her that she didn't dare tell anyone. For most of her pregnancy, she told herself over and over again that it just wasn't true. 
or that this new reality wouldn't be too much of a change from what she had planned for and hoped for. Her fists were clinging to a vision of what society had told her that successful and good motherhood looked like. Back in Santa Monica, I wanted it to be the reality that everyone loved this sermon as much as I did. And when I found out that that wasn't the case, I looked for something solid to grab onto to resist this reality. And so my fists desperately clung to this desire to see myself as smarter and more correct than these folks who clearly didn't know the gospel when they heard it. As though I could erase this reality through my sheer force of will. I know it's a small and silly example, and I assure you I am over it, so you don't need to comfort me after the service. But I'm guessing that you do this too. I'm guessing that you have moments where you feel like your hands or your heart get tight and closed off and rigid as you try to wish something unpleasant or painful away and make it so that it just isn't so. And it's worth examining, I think, what it is you're grasping to cling to in these moments. What are your fists wrapped around? Your need to be right? Your desire for control? The pressure you feel to do things perfectly? Societal norms and expectations? The notion that you are better than other people or worse than them? Your yearning for things not to change? Money and power? Gender roles, political and ideological purity, it really can be anything. I know my go-tos, and it's worth it to know yours. We know deep down that nothing we grasp onto, no matter what it is, and no matter how tightly, is going to stop reality from being what it is Grabbing onto things desperately is a doomed strategy from the start. And you may think right now that I'm going to tell you to just cling to God instead. But that's not how it works. Again, look at Jesus' hands today. They're not clinging to anything at all. They are open and reaching out to those who are hurting. So we have to ask ourselves why Jesus can open his hands. Here's what I think. Jesus understands that it isn't about holding on. It's about being held. For all the agony he walks through, for all the trauma inflicted upon him, Jesus understands that God's hand is holding him, that God's presence is surrounding him at all times and in all places. That doesn't take Jesus' pain away, but what it does do is give him the knowledge that his current situation is not all there is, 
What it does do is give him the assurance that God's love is stronger than the things that he would cling to. What it does do is give him the courage to live in this world of pain and sorrow with hands wide open, ready to heal and bless and embrace and give praise to God. It's not about what we hold on to. It's about knowing that we are held. And family in Christ, God is holding you too. God's presence is surrounding you at all times and in all places too. God created each one of you out of a deep sense of love and joy. You are the work of God's own hands. In the waters of baptism, God's hand holds you and embraces you forever, delighting in your living and staying close to you when adversity comes. In this holy meal we share at this table, God opens God's hand to bless you with gifts of bread and mercy and community and strength to live out your call. None of this takes the pain away. We know that. Life is just hard sometimes. But knowing that we are held by God, we can live this hard life without grasping for a world that we wish we had and opening ourselves to receive the life we're actually living. Being held means we can let go. We too can open our hands. We can live like those whom Jesus is sending out in today's reading, where we set down and let go of the things we are so eager to grab onto, things that do not actually bring us life. With open hands, we can participate in the same kind of ministry Jesus did while he was here on earth, casting out demons, blessing the sick, feeding the hungry. And the only thing left in our hand, according to scripture, will be a staff. A staff for walking the road that carries us forward into the relationships and future that God is authoring. We may not choose these relationships or this future for ourselves, but God's promise is this. God will be with you in all things, not only holding you along the way, but giving you life and hope and freedom in the midst of it. That mother who spoke at my training, she eventually had to tell people about her child's disability. And that was really hard for her. But she also said this, once I let go of that unrealistic vision I had for myself about what motherhood should look like, and I opened myself up to the reality that I had this extraordinary opportunity to be a mother to a child that I wasn't expecting, that was the beginning of freedom. Freedom. That's what she felt. And so she led a life of deep love for her child and compelling advocacy for folks with disabilities of all kinds. That's an open-handed life. That's a life that comes from knowing that God is holding you. And people of God, God is holding you with a grip that is stronger than anything in life or death. Rest in God and live with open hands.
Amen.